Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dear white woman, please come home. A truth-telling testimony and manifesto for white women who don't know how to make friends with women of color and are terrified of saying or doing something wrong who are ready to hear the truth no matter how uncomfortable and who are ready to fully commit to the cause and jump in the fire with their sisters of color. Equally valuable for black and brown women to have as a resource for validating, unpacking, processing, and helping us to heal from our experiences with white women, as well as to aid in our successful relationship building and abilities to have authentic relationships and friendships with white women. Dear White Woman, Please Come Home is a series of 40 letters to a fictional missing white sister. Recognized by readers as a work of pure artistry and a catalyst for real connection, Dear White Woman explores with vulnerability, sorrow, rage, and humor, implicit bias, and microaggressions, making these concepts crystal clear and undeniable. Based on real events, each letter serves as a testimony to the microaggressions that undermine black and brown women, that attempt to make us invisible, and that make some of our relationships more than difficult or downright impossible. Hailing from the nation's capital with huge hair, a million watt smile, and contagious laughter, Today's guest is a humanist, thought leader, consultant, workshop leader, speaker, and certified life and health coach. Here with us to talk more about her new book, Dear White Woman, Please Come Home, and to discuss successful relationship building and engagement across our differences. We have our very special guest, award-winning author and educator, Ms. Kimberly Williams. I'm Maggie B. Nowen. And this is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast with your host, Ramses Jaw. All right, Ms. Kimberly Williams, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Of course, we got a lot to talk about. So uh, let's get to it. Um, yep. So around here, 
we have a custom. We start our stories at the beginning. So do me a favor and a favor for all our listeners. Um, share a bit about yourself, your upbringing, and what led you to the career path that you're on right now. Yeah. Okay. So I'm originally from Washington, D.C. And I think one of the greatest things um, in my upbringing that prepared me for this path, I would say, is the fact that I I accidentally became bilingual as a toddler. Um, And that kind of opened my mind because I lived in the Black community. I also spent half my life as a toddler and a young elementary school student in the Latine community because my parents, my younger brother and sister were born back to back and my parents got extra jobs and our nanny didn't speak any English. So, mm. <laughs> so it was like sink or swim. And so I, uh, I learned, I call Spanish my second native tongue. And, um, and I think that that opened my mind to engaging with people who are different from me. Okay. And so if we fast forward, my background is in education and specifically education around language, which, um, which I love languages. I love learning. I speak quite a few languages myself. And so, um, this, I would say this project was one that was born out of what born out of anger in a setting where we were set to engage across difference really and so going back to that opportunity to be with people from other backgrounds speaking different languages and things like that there we were in this workshop that was really designed for black women and white women specifically and it set my it set me on fire really i got so angry and i'm just sitting here and it's taking me back to that moment. I got so angry in that workshop, but of course I was suppressing it because I didn't want to be seen as the angry black lady, you know, in the room. And, um, and I was angry because I thought there was, here was this dynamic opportunity to connect and to, to bond. And I thought people in the room were not being truthful or I assumed uh, because at the end of the day, when we had a fishbowl experience, we were supposed to just share truth and share why we hadn't, we hadn't told you before this. So like Ramses, I, I never told you that I grew up in the heart of Washington, D.C. And I didn't tell you because I knew that today Washington, D.C. looks very different than it looked so many years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so most of the black women said, I didn't share this with you because I didn't think you cared. And then most of the white women responded like, what do you mean? I didn't care. I didn't even know. And so the first woman that said, I was like, OK, like, sure, she didn't know, like maybe she's not from this country. Um, and then the second woman that was like white woman that said she didn't know, I was like, maybe she was raised on a commune. I've watched some documentaries. Listen, mm-hmm. no. Um, and then like the third and the fourth and the eighth, I was like, these women are lying. They are lying. We're on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. I mean, go go down on Facebook, LinkedIn. All, we're, on, we're on the like when you go to the grocery store, the magazine you don't want to buy. We're on the cover of that. Like, what what do you mean you don't know? And so I got so angry going home home from that workshop and and when we got or on the way home I said well wait a minute wait just wait a minute my parents taught me not to speak truth to power and like power meant white folks it, that's what it meant so um so if I'm not telling the truth the unfiltered unsugarcoated raw truth then how many more people that look like me or that are other shades of brown and black are not telling the truth so have we act, do we actually hold people accountable for what they don't know if we're not willing to tell them? And so I, uh, that's where it began. I got, got home that day and I was like so angry. And I told my now wife, she was my partner back now. I was like, listen, I'm going to write a book directly to white women. Just, I'm just going to write a book of letters. And 
then they, they're never going to be able to say they didn't know. They're never going to be able to use that excuse. And I think I was joking when I said that. Uh, and here we are five years later. So <laughs> I think so I was tell, joking. So tell us about the book. Uh, uh, Dear white yeah. woman, please come home. So I had, remember, I, I sat down and just wrote a bunch of letters. Every day I sat down on the computer and just wrote out another letter. And But then I had this collection of letters that didn't have a a path from me to you. It didn't have a way to get from where I was in my heart writing to where you were holding it in your hands and receiving it. And so um, I sat with it a long time. And this was before the book had a title. Um, I just had this collection of letters. And so my publisher said to me, you know, what are you thinking for a title? And I was like, I don't know. I don't even have a premise, right? I don't even have, I don't have a way to deliver these letters. And so I thought about the inherent sisterhood that Black women share. This is something when white women ask me to explain it or other people ask me to explain it, I feel like I was born into, I feel lucky because I feel like I was born into this sisterhood, especially in Washington, D.C., like what back when Washington, D.C. was chocolate city. Yeah. <laughs> <Nudge me>. <laughs> <laughs> walking down the sidewalk like you you know like somebody say hey sis i see you those shoes are so cute you know and it's, it's this is this inherent sisterhood like that i feel so lucky to have been born into but when i explain that to folks from other cultures they're like no that's not a thing um and so i decided what if we imagine that it could be a thing across difference and so I imagine that no white woman that's showing up on camera the way that, you know, the media is putting this out actually wants to be seen that way. So maybe, maybe this person was my sister a long time ago and she was taking, she was kidnapped from the family and the family is out searching for this missing sister. And so that's the premise of the book that we used to be sisters, but then you were kidnapped and you were taken from our family and taught to see things differently, to talk differently, even to eat differently, right? Like to walk differently through the world and definitely to interact with me and to see me and to treat me differently. And so as you move through the letters in the book, it's it's three types of letters. One is, is like, hey, I think this search is going to come to an end because I think I found you. And then you say or do this thing, right? Often a micro or macro aggression and it makes me realize that it's not you because no sister could treat me the way that you just treated me. So, okay, mistaken identity. Second type of letter is like, hey, while you've been gone, here are some things that happened. Um, for example, um, me going from chemically processed hair to my natural hair. You might not recognize me because so many years ago I had straightened hair. Um, and then the third type of letter is uh, getting to know the author. I love when I read books and I feel like the author is my best friend, even though they don't even know my name. Um, so the third type of letter in the book is just an opportunity to uh, uh, get to know me behind the curtain, the me behind the curtain. I say, um, for example, my OBGYN journey is in, is in the book is something that people get to read about. So, um, so when you go through the letters, the letters become a little bit more intense as you move through them. Um, and and I won't spoil the ending if you haven't read it, um, but it's 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 this journey of looking for this missing sister and longing for that connection and and helping white women to come home. Like when people say, where is home? Um, a producer once said to me, I can't read your book because I thought I was already home. I feel offended by the title. Um, and there were a lot of there were a lot of different titles, Ramses, that we went through. And we were me and my publisher was sitting on Zoom. I remember the moment. Um, and I said, you know what? The sisterhood that I share with Black women is home to me. 
When I go home to DC and I see a black woman look at me, I feel this warm, yummy feeling inside. And so I said, um, yeah, what if we said, please come home? Like as if we were on a news a press conference saying, what would you say to your missing sister if you could speak to her right now? Like, dear white woman, please come home. And that's that's how we got here. You know, there's something uh, funny about this because I had to reshape the way that I saw the world, um, everything, people, culture, mm-hmm. space, everything. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. When I learned about the origins of humanity, when mm-hmm. I learned about the origins of um, Christianity, when I learned mm-hmm. like the true origins of like mathematics and, and different mm-hmm. uh, scientific disciplines and so on, how, how everything and yeah. and indeed, the most uh, foundational of these things, humanity, yes. uh, comes from Africa itself, right? And so that caused me to think about things very differently. In other words, um, I may be having a conversation with a much older white man, right? Mm-hmm. And this lifetime that I've lived, these 40 years of mine, has taught me that an older man is my elder and should be respected, right? But that knowledge and that reset let me know that I am indeed older than him and mm. I need to be his big brother. Right. And mm-hmm. so that that foundational shift has caused me to kind of rethink a lot of different things. And so I say that to you to say I love the title. Please come home in that establishing that home is here. I think that is that is a profound truth that when people do realize it. Because, of course, I could see folks taking exception to that. But when people do, they'll realize that uh, that truth is perhaps as profound a truth as they'll ever discover. So I I think you you chose the right title for your book. My hat's off to you for that. Um, So now I want to ask, how has the reception been to the book? How how have people received it? Well, you know what? It depends on the wrapping that the person is in, like the human wrapping that we're in. Um, people, I will say the very first person of color that other than my partner that I talked to about this book um, was, is an Asian woman who, you know, a, it's a friend of mine. And we went to lunch or dinner and we were talking about it. And she's like, listen, girl, I can't get behind this book. I'm never going to believe in the sisterhood of women of color and white women. I just, I, I can't support it, Kim. I love you. I support you. I can't support the book. And I was like, you know what? That's where you are. And that's okay. Like, it, you know, and so that was my, that being my first reaction, I thought I was going to lose my proverbial black card. I was so scared. I was like, oh gosh, why did I do this? What did I get myself into? Um, and I decided I decided that the book was not for white folks that were at the beginning of their journey. So when white folks would say, this book is, you know, you're dividing us, you're segregating us, this, this, this. I I would just respond, this book wasn't written for you. Like, thank you. You know, but most women of color have reached out and said, thank you for writing this book. I almost didn't read it because of the title. So I didn't think it was for me. But when I when I gave it a chance, I was sat with it and I just cried and cried. And you wrote about me. You wrote about my mom. You wrote about my grandmother and my auntie. Um, thank you so much. I'm getting emotional saying this, but like so many of the people that I've met on the road have told me how much this changed their their lives. And white women, white women have been, I've seen a lot of tears on the road. <laughs> I've been and super, super interested in in growing and and creating 
creating that authentic bond, no matter how painful it might feel at the onset. And then there was an entire population of people that I never imagined would even read this book or even be interested in it. And those folks are the folks that are not on the binary and the folks that identify as men. And they've, whether man of color, white man, have reached out and said, I'm sitting here with your book and I bought it for my wife or my significant other. And I'm sitting here with your book and I'm in tears because now I'm looking at myself in the mirror, asking myself, how can I do better? Maybe, maybe maybe I need to step up and do better. Uh, and again, that's both uh, men of color and, and, and white men. So it's been this huge, the greatest gift has been the reception that, that the broadening of the audience that I never imagined, the reception from people that I just never imagined would even be interested in reading it or, or now listening to it. <laughs> yeah, with the audiobook, yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger. Talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. 
I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are here today with award-winning author and educator, Ms. Kimberly Williams. Learning more about her new book, Dear White Woman, Please Come Home, and discussing successful relationship building and engagement across differences. I, I kind of work in the, in the allyship space, kind of bolstering allies you know, and, and fortifying allies so the people can kind of accompany us on our journey as we uh, mm-hmm. pursue um, true uh, equity. Yes. In this country, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I had a similar realization in that I don't seek out programming or media or content that isn't tailored for me or for general audiences. In other mm-hmm. words, if there is like some Vietnamese programming, I might see that and think, you know, that's not for me. That's for my me. Vietnamese brothers and sisters. And then I would completely miss that information, right? So I love what you said about um, this book being for folks who maybe not at the beginning of their journey, but have kind of made some progress and they might be open um, to kind of uh, growing their footprint in the the ally space Mm -hmm. or um, making more impact or, or, you know, just kind of fortifying their relationship with black people, plural, black women in particular in this instance. And so um, I love a how you went about doing this and be the reception to it. Um, this is, this is a very special thing for me because this is kind of where, this is what make, makes my heart beat. So, so yeah, kudos again. Um, now I want to shift gears a bit. Let's talk a bit about um, your organization engaging across differences. So tell me a little bit about this. Yes. Yeah, so this began, this began even before the inception of the book. Okay. So, but it was birthed out of that same workshop. So that same um, that same workshop where black women and white women were brought together. And towards the end of the, so I knew the the presenters were Debbie Irving, who published my book and um, Faith English. And Debbie Irving, uh, my partner bought me tickets. It was my birthday, which is funny because it's my birthday next week. So we're talking about this. Early birthday. Um, thank you. And she surprised me with tickets to go to the workshop because Debbie and I were friends before we started working on this book project together. And so it was just an opportunity to show up to something she was doing and to say, hey, oh, my gosh, you're in town. So um, she saw me come in and it was just like this, like, oh, sorry, I have to pause. This is one of my friends, Kimberly, blah, blah. And towards the end of the day, um, when people were just lingering and, and talking, so many people said, we should do this more often. We should continue this conversation. This day was not long enough. Why don't we, you know? And so I, at the end of the day, there was this huge email list and I went, I went home. So let's put my anger about, um, about things aside. And, and, and let's talk a little bit about the list of people that were attending the workshop. And I said to my partner who I call when I was like, when, everybody said they wanted to continue this conversation. We say things like this all the time. Like if you're ever in town, make sure you call me because we're going to get to people never follow through. Right. So I was like, what if I created 
a listserv and blasted a message out and was like, listen, let's get together at such and such a park and let's continue this conversation. And that's how it started. People said, yes, I'm kind of, half the people, you know, there, there are people that act like they never met you. Right. But, but half the people said, yes, I'm coming. Um, and every month we got together once or twice a month as a group of women uh, talking about race issues. And because I was doing this professionally, I emerged as that leader that was leading the group every month. And then um, one of the white women in the group, and coincidentally, this was right after Debbie Irving, another Debbie Irving event. Um, I think it was a town hall. And she said at the end, I went to the town hall I, I or the um, I went to the event and then I went to the debrief to lead the debrief. And at the end of the debrief, she said, Kim, can I just ask you something? And I said, sure, I can hang, hang back for a second. She said, I don't think we deserve the work that you do with us. This is a white woman. I don't think we deserve the work that you're doing with us. Okay. You do this out of the generos generosity of your heart and, and out of your, like the kindness of your spirit, but we should be paying you for the work that you are doing. And you, and you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be giving this away for free. Like, I know we'd be all this all started back in a workshop and we, we enjoy get, getting together once a month, but I don't think I think you I think people should be paying you for this. And and of course, my wife was like, I've been telling her this for for so long. You know, now she's going to listen to a little white lady. Um, but, you know, big ups to Maggie for a shout out to Maggie for saying like, Kim, you're we shouldn't be receiving your work for free. Mm -hmm. And so then my wife and I sat down and said, what if we did, uh, you know, go on the road with this? What if we did take this um, bigger and and people did pay for it? And that was something that was hard for us to grapple with because, again, we had done it out of the kindness of our hearts. Um, and 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 that was born first. And so we started um, charging for the workshops that we were doing. We started um, taking those workshops on the road in the immediate tri-state area. And then the book, the, the, the birth of the idea for the book happened, right? And then I started working a lot on the book project. And uh, and then those two worlds collided um, when the book came into the world. So I am either on the road, getting on a plane or off a plane to do some sort of event about the book or to do one of the workshops from our um, website, uh, Engaging Across Difference. Or people are doing my, I'm a certified life coach. So people are doing my life coach practice and I'm coaching people one-on-one -on -one. Or, or I'm coaching families, you know, some, or couples. So I'm I'm busy, Ramses, but it's all it's it's all the things that fill my joy cup up. It's I'm not doing anything that drains me. I'm it fills my joy cup up to help people connect with one another. You know, um, you uh, define yourself as a humanist. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm starting to see a little bit about <laughs> that, what that means. But for our listeners, um, explain mm -hmm. what what it means to be a humanist. Uh, it means that I'm it means that um that I am rooting for every 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 human being, no matter what you're wrapped in um and 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 that I'm going to a place of humanity first before I you know I, I was recently at a conference and one of the speakers said, "Could you offer love for donald trump and I, and I remember thinking to myself, yes, immediately, immediately because Donald Trump is a human being, and people were like, no, no, I can't you know and I'm and like, but when I return to a place of humanity every time, 
There is no, there is no space between you and me that cannot be bridged. And I believe that sometimes it doesn't feel true, but I believe believe that I believe that, that um, centering the humanity that, that I have and the humanity that you have, even if the world says you and I are not supposed to get along or not supposed to engage in relationship with one another, it is a beautiful thing that we create together when we center our collective humanity. So, so for, so for folks who might have a little bit of trouble with that, um, let's say it is, there's, there's a lot of strong feelings in between uh, us and <laughs> yeah. them. And folks yeah. that they, they don't want to carry that burden because that's a heavy burden to carry. It's just something that I've, I've learned, right? Yes. What advice or what strategies or, you know, um, what words could you share with our listeners that might help them, um, bridge those gaps? Mm-hmm. Well, I, and, and so I'll, I'll tell you what the subtitle is on my book. And how people have fought against that as well. The hand me your bias and I'll show you our connection. That 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 um subtitle. Somebody else reached out to me online or social media and said, I disagree. I think that we have to find a connection first and then deal with our biases. And I'm I know my opinion is controversial and that's okay. I thought if I got to a place where um where you and I were able to talk about our biases. We're going to find that we have a lot more in common at the base at the base of our humanity. For mm-hmm. example, white man reached out to me um, through email and said, "I think what you're doing is racist. I think you're a racist. I, you know, I hope your work, you know, something like I hope your work doesn't succeed. All this kind of, I mean, just had a whole bunch of wishes for me. Um, and I and 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 I said, sure, let's get together over Zoom and let's talk about it. And he started by saying, well, I just want you to know that you're racist. And, and I said, whoa, whoa, hey, I said, whoa, 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 hey, can we just take a step back? You know, before we dive into what you want to talk to me about, can I let you know that every meeting I'm in, I always share a random fact about myself. So it helps the other person to get to know me a little bit better. I said, can you start by sharing a random fact about yourself? And this guy shared that he was in Palm Springs and that the only reason that he was in Palm Springs and his family was in Palm Springs was because his mom had been ill and they needed to come to Palm Springs for her to receive the medical care that she needed. And so Palm Springs became where they lived. Right. And so um, I said, wow, can we pause for a second? I'd love to share with you. And I just said, you know, every year around the month of November uh, or around Father's Day around or around August, I would love it if you and I hopped on Zoom to share what it feels like to be the to be a child who has lost a parent. I said, there's only one group of people that know what that feels like. And those are children who have lost their parents. I said, so as much as I love my um, my partner, when it comes to Father's Day or when it comes to election time or November, early November, there's no one that I want to talk to except those that understand what it's like to lose a parent suddenly, to have to plan a funeral, to have to purchase a casket, to have to lower that casket into the ground. You and I have more in, in common than you think we do. And I'd rather talk to you during this, these times and to talk to my own spouse. So, and, and he, this man like teared up, he teared up and he said, Oh my God, we are so much more similar than I thought we were. Yeah. Cause there's only one group of people that know what it feels like to lose a parent. And the, it's the people that have lost a parent. Yeah. And, and we bonded over that. And then all of a sudden he said, you know what he said? This is how he finished the conversation. He said, well, 
He said, well, I guess I do have a place in your work, Kimberly. How can I help you? How can I, how can I participate and be a part of this work? And remember, he was the one coming in to tell me how racist. awful my work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was racist. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. So um, let's do this before we let you go. Um, I know that this book, you had white women in mind. Mm -hmm. but obviously, there's more humans than just white <laughs> women. And I believe, uh, based on our conversation, that many folks could benefit from this book. So for folks who are just now becoming familiar, um, let's talk to them about why they should um, grab this book and read it or, or check out the audio book. Mm -hmm. Wow. Here's, here's why. And it's because when you start getting down to, I think we've been tricked into focusing on, not that they don't have a place, but the larger issues, the systemic issues. Mm -hmm. And then we come down to like the grassroots level or the day-to-day -day life when we're passing each other in the grocery store, right? And there's a story about the grocery store in the book. Um, we don't know how to interact with each other. We just don't. So we do, And so because we don't know, we don't interact with each other. And the whole purpose of this book is to bring, bring us together across difference. And I think that the reason that you grab this book, the paperback form is so that you say, oh my God, I'm not alone. You say, I'm not alone. This Because all of the stories in the book are true stories. Say, oh my goodness, I'm not alone. And not only that, they have the steps that you can take and the discussion questions that you can engage with other people about how to move forward on your journey. You should get the audio book because um, I can't tell you how many people have said, I read the book, but it was such a different experience to hear you read it out loud. Yeah. And so that's why you get the audio book um, because it's a completely different experience, honestly. Yeah, yeah. You know, my I have a little trick that I do. Um, I adopted recently. I'll get the paperback book. Uh huh. Uh, I'll grab the paperback and then I will um, download the audio book and I'll pop my AirPods in on a flight uh -huh. or whatever, uh -huh. and then I'll read the book while I'm listening to the author. Oh, somebody to just told me that the other day, and yeah. I was like, I need to try that. I yeah, need to you, try. Can, that. you can pitch up the speed, the read, the reading speed, and so it'll yeah, because when you read in like internally you read a little faster than you speak so you can right. pitch it up and just cook right through the book and it, it keeps you focused and it's just you absorb a lot more and there's a lot more like intonation and yeah. reflection and all that sort of stuff it's pretty it's pretty cool so very much looking forward to that experience um and i know i said this before but before we let you go i would love for you to plug the book so that our listeners know where to find it and uh, plug your social media and any other upcoming projects things we need to be looking out for um, just because I know that you generated a lot more interest in some new fans today. So let's let's make sure everybody can tap in. Yes. Um, Kimberly Yolanda Williams. And my first name has got an L-E-E -E on the end of it. Kimberly Yolanda Williams on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn. Um, you can also follow us or follow what's going on or what we're doing on our website, engagingacrossdifference.com. It's it. It's just been a great journey and I'm looking forward to folks joining in this journey with us too. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. Uh, and of course, for your commitment to um, educating our allies and making the world just a little bit better place. Once again, today's guest is life coach, consultant, educator, and award-winning author of Dear White Woman, Come Home, Miss Kimberly Williams.
Thank you for having me. I am Maggie B. Nowen, and today I'll leave you with this. A compelling read for audiences across demographics. Dear White Woman, Please Come Home provides an authentic account and analysis of the divided times we are in, while directing the way towards a more peaceful and united future. With her courageous and authentic testimony shared in her new book, in addition to the community and humanity-centered work that her organization, Engaging Across Difference, leads and participates in year-round around the nation, truly living out her passions and her purpose, being and creating the change she wishes to see in the world, showcasing and exampling for others her unwavering hope for and commitment to our collective liberation. Ms. Kimberly Williams offers a brilliant guiding light to us all, illuminated with an extra bright light, filled with compassion, and with the knowledge, validation, and inspiration that Ms. Kimberly Williams has delivered in today's discussion. May we leave today's conversation encouraged and dedicated to the truth-telling of our experiences to doing our very best to successfully engage across our differences and to our being wholly committed to doing whatever we can to continue to shine our own bright lights in truth, power, in our beautiful essences and in our bold black excellence, brighter and brighter each and every day. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. If you have any thoughts you'd like to share, use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. We'd love to hear from you. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. Find your daily podcast host at Ramses Shaw on all social media. We look forward to your joining us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.